Thanks for checking out this podcast. Remember, it's presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. If you're looking for tickets for an upcoming game or event at TCF Bank Stadium, Target Center, or XL Center, visit TicketKingOnline.com or the link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. Ticket King has all your tickets for Minnesota baseball, plus all the concerts, all the theaters, and at all venues. And Ticket King can take care of you for out-of-town concerts, sporting events, and more. Call 612-341-4141 or visit TicketKingOnline.com. He doesn't plan on writing a book to chronicle all his incredible experiences over the past 50 years covering Minnesota sports. But we've convinced him to do something even better. To share his greatest stories in auditory form right here. We wanted to call this a Prairie Home Curmudgeon. But legal nixed it. So we proudly present the best stories from the mind of Patrick Royce, titled Royce Rambles. Here's Judd Zulgad. Time for another edition of Royce Rambles. And uh, Patrick, let's start this one out with a, uh, I believe if I'm not mistaken here, the first team in this town that you really adopted, and that would be goal for football. Is that correct? Oh, yes. As a lad in uh, Fulton, Minnesota, southwestern Minnesota, the Gophers football, first of all, they were ever on television. We never knew it, so we, we listened to the big neighbor, the broadcast. Sure. But, uh, uh, Gopher football was yeah, enormously important in this state. Uh, I go back. First game I ever went to was 1954, the famous victory over Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob McNamara's kick return and uh, Gophers, uh, I think, beat them 22-20. They had a long, I was kneeling in the end zone. My dad was standing <laughs> behind me. We were kneeling in the end zone. It was an overflow crowd. And Iowa was uh, was really good. And Iowa had integrated a little earlier than uh, our boys had, which gave them a bit of a speed advantage. Yes. Uh, so it was kind of an upset. And the Gophers beat them 22-20 that day. And I remember, I think the guy was Earl Smith. I always thought it was Eddie Vincent, but I looked it up and it was Earl Smith. And he ran back a kick that would have put Iowa back ahead of the Gophers all the way back, and they called back on a clip and put the ball down on Iowa's five-yard line, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I remember him uh, using a word that I was not yet privy <laughs> to be using at age nine or eight or nine. A word you weren't supposed to hear back then. wasn't here back then, standing yep. right above me. I mean, he was wow. right above me, and he said, <laughs> Because he found out that it was somebody was yelling at him. Hey, go back! And you got called back with the Gophers. So that, but I was, you know, I mean, we were even without that moment, I would have been into it because my old man was just crazy for Gopher football. He used to now during hunting season, you would just uh, pheasant hunting season, which started in late October. So maybe the last two three weeks, you he wouldn't do this, but the rest of the time, he would. Uh, Fill out a a play a, sh- a sh- big sheet of paper, put it on a flat board, and follow the 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 ball down the field and back like you you see you know you do yeah. you do a play by play and if it was a pass he'd have you know dot, really dot dot yeah he was he was I mean Minnesotans were really freaky about it and uh, I don't go back to the point where the 1949 team with Bud Grant and Leo Namalini and all those great players were supposed to go to the Rose Bowl and didn't. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing people don't recall. The Big Ten Pack 8, I think it was back then, the Big Ten Pack 8 
agreement did not really to send the Big Ten team to the Rose Bowl didn't start till after World War II. I think forty seven or eight was the first year. Okay. So uh, the Gophers, we thought we were, they thought they were going to go in forty nine. That was a big disappointment. Then the great Bernie Bierman came, you know, had come back after the war. He had all those national championship teams. And in 1950, I think they won one game and they fired him. They ran him out of town. The boosters got all. Sid was in on that. Sid can tell you about that. They they got all worked up and they ran Bernie out of town and they hired the guy who had been at Ohio State. That tells you what Minnesota football was. Wes Fessler. Wes Fessler came in. I think he'd quit at Ohio State. And then the Gophers hired him, and he was here three years and, and didn't do well. Uh, Paul Geo was here and finished second for the Heisman mm-hmm. in 53, but they didn't win on it. They were like 5-4, and 4-5. Four, four and five. People were not happy. And uh, this, is, uh, this is still a little before my time. I, I remember vague conversations about that GD Wes Fessler. <laughs> the old man wasn't happy. But then they brought in Murray Warmath, you know, in 54, and uh, – Murray's had a good first year. I think he was six two and one or something. And we liked Murray. And then they went downhill in the late fifties, and they went one and eight in fifty eight, and two and seven in fifty nine. And they're going to run him out of town. And I came up here. My brother was going to the university scholar that he was, and uh, and uh, and I remember they lost to Wisconsin hmm? at the end of the season. Two and seven, and we were going back to his dorm, Territorial Hall, and then Murray was hanging in a tree. They, they had Murray had been hung in effigy in '59, and Sid will tell you stories about the meeting, people getting together downtown. They were going to fire Murray, right? And uh, and somebody somebody saved him, and of course, then all those young we had started to integrate then, mm-hmm. but they were freshmen. Mm-hmm. Most Sandy Stevens was a sophomore. Or Back, uh, sort of one of the three quarterbacks they had in '59, but and then uh, Judd Dixon had come here with them, and he was a black guy from Pennsylvania too. But the freshman class had a few more, including uh, Bobby Bell and some of those lads. Right. And the next year they go to the Rose Bowl. And we learned to love Murray, but uh, but uh, that yeah, in the '50s it was amazing because I remember. I think with my dad, probably after I went in '54, I went to one game a year with him, and you'd go eat dinner. You'd go eat lunch late, late breakfast, lunch at Murray's, and take the bus over to mm-hmm. the arena. So, I mean, to uh, Memorial Stadium, and it was, uh, it was huge. It was huge. And here's what people don't understand: when the Vikings came in '61, we weren't that excited. They. You know, it was okay. Right. We we'd had the twins that year, and that was a much bigger deal. In fact, I found an old Charlie Johnson column on the day that they got the twins in October of '60. Mm-hmm. The American League announced it was expanding, and the twins were coming here. And he said it was a thrill for this old scribe when we got an NFL expansion team. Right. But this is the big leagues. This puts us in the big leagues. So. We still cared more about Gopher football than the Vikings, and that continued through most of the '60s. Uh, certainly, through the Van Brocklin years, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Murray for the most part had pretty good teams. The Vikings had that one year '64. They popped up in '64 and went eight 
five and one or something, and uh, people were into them a little bit, and then they fell back, and then they fell back again, and and uh, but. I was writing something the other day on O.J. Simpson when he came here for the 68 opener. Right. And they were the defending national champions, and O.J. was the Heisman favorite, and uh, he hadn't won it the year before, but he was the Heisman favorite. And the Gophers, this was the season opener, even though it was like September 20th or something. Sure, right. And the Gophers had five... Uh, had big expectations. They'd tied with Indiana and Purdue for the Big Ten title in 67. So uh, so that's almost the year where things change between the Vikings and the Gophers. 68, you know, Bud's first year, I told you earlier in one of these, Bud's first year went 3-8-3, and three, and we laughed at We were laughing yeah, at Yeah, he was him. playing tie, in the ties. Tie one for Bud was uh, our motto used <laughs> There was a famous Sports Illustrated hover, I think. The Michigan State-Notre Dame game of the mid-60s, the game of the millennium. Yep. Era settled for a tie, 10-10, to 10, and they got the ball deep in their own territory with a minute and a half to go, and he ran three plays and took the tie. Mm-hmm. And it was tie one for Era. And, I mean, he got abused, something fierce. So we were doing a spinoff on that and tie one for Bud, you know, in 68. And then uh, and the Gophers, you know, Jim Carter, and they, we still had big expectations for the Gophers in 68. And the year, I, they were 5-2 and two in the Big Ten. But they lost nine conference games to Southern Cal and Nebraska. <laughs> the the non-conference schedule <laughs> was a little hairier back then than it yeah. is today. Yeah. So uh, that's that. You know, I can't remember who they beat in a non-conference game that year, but they were six and four, and kind of a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And then in '68, Bud goes to the playoffs, wins the. I can't remember what were we Central. They were the Coastal and the Central, and uh, yeah, they had know, the weird, whatever the weird division. Yes, and they played Baltimore in the Western Conference Finals, and kind of get was a mismatch, but. Now we were kind of getting more. We like now we decided we like Bud. We were getting mm-hmm. a little more on the Viking bandwagon, and then in '69, the Gophers start the season at Arizona State, which is still a whack team. I think I mentioned this to you before. Mm-hmm. A whack team, but speed to burn. And the Gophers went down there and gave up like because Murray's teams had already been built on defense. They gave up like. 500 yards and got just blitzed. Oh, it was Frank Cush you said, right? Yeah. And whatever day that is, that's the day. That, to me, that if you go back, you know, the Twins collapse, the current collapse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can trace to the day they signed Nishi mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the cur- the collapse to me, the, the change between the Vikings. When the Vikings took over, and the uh, Gophers started to fade away was 1969, that Arizona State game. All of a sudden, we weren't fast enough to compete, and the Vikings were on their way to the Super Bowl. And The rest is 48 years of history of Viking domination as far as the public's concerned. So what was that like when, because th- this is way before my time, when the um, Gophers made the Rose Bowl? What was the town like here? What was the... That was... Uh, well, 1960, pretty good year in Minnesota sports because you get the Vikings. Mm-hmm. That was early in the year, like 
January or February, the NH- NFL announced that they're going to Dallas in 61 and Minnesota, in, or Dallas in 60 right away, mm-hmm. and Minnesota in 61. And then in October, you get the Twins, and then the then the Gophers go to the Rose Bowl. That's that's as good as it gets. In, in the, no, we lost the Lakers, but nobody hardly noticed. They went to they went to L.A. Right. at the end of that season. But uh, yeah, it was it was phenomenal. It was. I mean, I remember uh, sitting and I watched that Rose Bowl game with my uncle and aunt and some other family members in St. Paul. Man, when they got beat by the one eyed quarterback from Washington, Bob Schlerett, we were we were aghast. We were mortified, you know, that they that they lost the Rose Bowl because they were already national champions. Cause the voting, the voting took place. How at the did end. that work? So voting the- took place at the end of the regular season. In fact, I looked it up. <laughs> I looked it up. Either sixty at AP at end of the three. The bowls didn't count. There's only five of them though. You know, right. There's only five or six of them. Right. But Ole Miss still had. Ole Miss was, I think, two that year, mm-hmm. and uh, and might have won one of the other polls. I'm, I'm not sure, but the voting took place with Ole Miss still had a game left. Oh, because it was Laker. Yeah, they had a regular season game left. <laughs> it was AP. Yeah, we're done. This is the end of the football <laughs> season. We don't give a dang what the schedule says. We're done. We're declaring the so, end of the football season yeah, now. So, but but back then, the Big Ten was considered. So dominant that the Big Ten was there was a great prejudice toward the Big Ten in the polls in mm-hmm. the voting. The Big Ten was considered the big boys, even though that might not have always been true. And the Big Eight was coming on, and the SEC sure. was getting better. But but the Big Ten, you know, the Gophers beat Iowa that year, nineteen sixty. I one of the great sports events in Minnesota history. Iowa was one, the Gophers were three. Gophers went to one, got beat by Purdue, and stayed one, I believe. Really? Yeah. I think they stayed one. They went back to one, or maybe they went down to two, mm-hmm. and then beat Wisconsin in the season finale and went back to one. I But they didn't, like, they, they didn't really get punished for losing, losing to a kind of a mediocre Purdue team, Bernie Allen, future twin as the quarterback uh, for Purdue, but they didn't like fall to five or anything like that. Right. They just they went to maybe two and then went back to one. Take me through the experience the first time that you walked into uh, Memorial Stadium and saw that place. Well, it was fantastic, unless you want to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> If you were a kid and going to the bathroom back then from Fulda, Minnesota, you were a little spooked out, man, because there were a lot, there were more people <laughs> trying to get into the bathroom than there were in the hometown, you know. So probably weren't enough bathrooms. But yeah, it was there. great. I mean, it it was mythical, and it, it was sixty five thousand then too. You know, I mean, they they would, I think, a full house seating was sixty sixty one, and then they put more. They 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 did the fire marshal thing there in the later years and made it smaller, and I think the capacity at the end was fifty four or something. It was sure. It was huge, and you know, I mean, it was. It's all anybody in town was talking about. You know, I mean, it was. It was, as I say, I I don't know. I remember my eyes were just huge, and I was. I would have been nine, I guess, eight or nine when I went to that game, and uh, and uh, uh, 
my birthday's in the middle of October, so I don't, I don't know. But uh, I remember I already hated Iowa. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I was a, you know, I just knew that we had to beat Iowa. Right. Iowa was a bigger rival than Wisconsin back then. Yeah. Iowa was. Okay. Yeah. Iowa was. We were, let's face it, down there in southwestern Minnesota, we weren't the most liberal folks in the world. <laughs> We figured Iowa was cheating by getting all these fast black guys in there, you know. <laughs> there were some j- jokes that I remember that I would not repeat. <laughs> not exactly politically correct. No, not. They might not even been politically correct in 1954 <laughs> when there was no political correctness, you know. But anyway, I, yeah, it was fun. But uh, it, as I said, that, that victory over Iowa in 60 was biggest gopher football game of my lifetime, without a doubt. Where would that rank among the... Uh... I put it in the top three in my uh, Minnesota sports events, the other two being the Game 6 in 91 and yeah. Game 7 in 87. Okay. You know, I mean, that's how big it was. It was fantastic. We beat the number one team in the country and beat them bad, beat mm-hmm. them, pummeled them, uh, 26-7, something like that. And uh, and then, you know, I remember the walking out of the, the noise, you know, never... Never perceived anything like that, but I don't know how my old man even got us in because we didn't have seats. You know, I don't know. So yeah, we, so we, 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 we they put people in the end zone. Yeah, the closed end of the stadium, and we were down in the closed end of the stadium. And I think that the old man kind of used me to, hey, we got to get this kid's got to see the game. He's got to get in the front. So I remember kneeling right on the back line of the end zone line. That's the damnedest thing. Yeah, to think about. Yeah, and I remember having that close. Uh, I remember having uh, what we used to call field glasses, binoculars yeah. around my neck, so you could see down at the <laughs> other end of the field. You know, so. when did you uh, realize that the transition had happened from the Gophers to the Vikings? Did it take a few years to? Because did you think that it would come back and that the Gophers, because you couldn't have foreseen the program no. never restarting no, itself? No, no, really. we, we didn't, but. But the the crowds, I mean, started to go in a hurry. People switched in a hurry. And the Gophers were, you know, if you look at even some of that stuff in the late 60s when they were pretty good, they, you know, I think Murray's last year, 71, they had like 38,000 for his last game or something. Oh, okay. Like. So oh, it, yeah, they, they did it crashed it, went, it crashed in a hurry. Yeah, it did. People got on that Viking bandwagon. And, and uh, so... You know, I didn't know if they were gone forever, but right. But it was immediate. Sixty nine. I mean, sixty nine is. We talk about ninety eight, and that loss to uh, the Falcons ninety nine, and uh, talk about all the stuff that's happened in recent times. But by percentage, not by numbers, because what there were half as many of us. There were half as many of us probably in sixty nine as there are now sure. in Minnesota, or at least in the Twin Cities. But that was a worse loss than the 98, losing that Super Bowl. We thought they were invincible. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, the public well, Two thought, touchdown favorites, right? Yeah. Public thought they were. Well, the defense. Look, someday, look up the defensive numbers. Somewhere. Yeah. They gave up 111 points. Or yeah. I, I can't remember what it was. So, anyway, we were all in after that. And Bud and the whole, why, the modern Minnesotan, you know, no heaters on the sideline. Icy stare. We love that stuff. So why didn't uh, why wasn't there a rebellion after the loss then? Because it was so disappointing. I mean, people must have just continued to think, "Hey, if they lost this one. It's tough to lose." But well, it was. Be fine. It wasn't rebellion. It wasn't. Uh, 
it wasn't uh we weren't gonna say anything bad about Bud or our boys and and uh but it was uh depression. Complete hmm. total you know. The Mondays after losses in the Bud's glory years worse than any Mondays you experience around here now, as far as percentage wise. I mean people moped. 48 hours if they go if the if they lost a regular season game you know the years they went 12 and 2 if they lost those they, two losses were a big oh deal. god we were, couldn't believe it so i mean go, not me but the people so go for football in the 70s non-factor pretty much throughout yeah lou you know cal Stoll was actually a good guy and a good recruit he came from michigan state so he knew how to recruit <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know they were he was he knew how to Creatively recruit. They yep. got some really good. I like Ricky Upchurch was. Mm. Ricky was well coveted. Let's say that uh, we, we, he had to beat out some schools that were willing to <laughs> bend the rules. So we ended up with them. I, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea how that happened, but mm-hmm. a, a few players like that. And if you look at him, he was thirty nine and thirty nine, but they played real schedules. You know, they played real right. schedules. You'd play the conference schedule, and and the, you'd play in Ohio. You'd play somebody from that league one of your three non-conference games, but the other ones were against real teams. Mm-hmm. So he was pretty good. He uh, he had one year. You know, the one year seventy-seven. They beat Michigan number one, and they shut out Michigan number one in the country mm-hmm. at the time. Beat them sixteen to nothing at the Memorial Stadium. And then they beat Washington and UCLA in non-conference games. And I think either were UC, they beat both, both Rose Bowl teams, Michigan, and it was either okay. Washington or UCLA. I can't remember hmm. which one they ended up the Rose Bowl. So they were 7-4. and four. They they did the gopher thing, though, and it, it, it kind of became a habit. They lost, I think they beat Michigan and turned around and lost to Indiana or something. They did that... You know that. Hey, hey! Well, that, let's go. Did that start that trend. Yeah, that. Yeah, I think it did, and that's why people never came back. You know, because they, you know, they're hey, they beat Michigan. Let's go to the next game. Oh wait, they lost to Indiana. The hell, yeah, with we're them. done with them. The hell with them. So, uh, you know, uh, I think even that Michigan game, I'm not even sure it was sold out back then. So I've ever looked it up once, and I was surprised, but. Uh, Cal came close, and then they went backwards, and then Gale fired him after the 78 season, and uh, Stoll, he said he didn't think Stoll could sell tickets anymore, that he couldn't sell them anymore. Was, I remember him, this was before Paul and I were uh, totally on the outs, and I remember him calling me up and yeah. explaining it to me, and uh, that we were, uh, that he just couldn't sell them anymore. And uh, why would he? He must have called me during the because I didn't become a columnist till '79, so maybe it was sometime in '79. But I remember him ex- sure. calling him up and explaining it to me because I don't think he trusted me. <laughs> I think he thought I might get a little negative, but uh, I, I don't know. Trying what, to form the message, yes, but shape it. But I remember Stoll's great quote was off the record quote was. You could kick him right square in Gail. You could kick him right square in a and not hit anything. <laughs> he was. He didn't think. Uh, he thought. He thought Gill was gutless firing him, and they brought in Smokey Joe. And hey, Smokey Joe, we're going to the Rose Bowl. Yes. 
And the first three years were fine. 81, he beat Ohio State, you know, with Mike Oancey. And, uh-huh. But again, that was another go for a year. They were six and five, five or six. They beat Ohio State, and then they turned around and lost to nobody, you know, Northwestern or something. They That became their pattern, which is, exists, which lives today, yeah, right? Say, to yeah. this day, they win a, yeah, they, they win a big game, and then they, hey! Oh, wait. Well, you know, Mace was what? Was he six, seven, and all when they lost to Michigan? Yeah, I think he was. And then they ended up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then they lost to Michigan, and then they lost. And I think one they the, got beat the next week by Michigan State. One too. of the great meltdowns. Yeah, and then followed by another. Okay, we're good. Okay, we let that game get away. We just, we just played three quarters of the greatest football the Gophers have played since they went to the Rose Bowl. But then we go get beat again. Right. That's kind of been the tradition. So Holtz was the one guy you said. I think so. He so that, that's the one. That's the basically what you're saying is since that since that defining transition in the late '60s, the only time the Gophers really had a chance to even catch up a little bit in this race was the Holtz era. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was. I mean, '84. Les Deckel goes three and thirteen. Right. And Lou's goes four and seven, but there was some close games, and he was the greatest salesman that ever lived, and. And that's why Lynn brought back. Uh, that's why Mike Lynn brought back Bud. He was terrified that the Gophers were going to take over the town with Holtz, and they would have if he hadn't left. Because he was. Um, I mean, Bud came back, and they were mediocre. By then, they'd hit the skids. They were mediocre. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Lou would have had about two more recruiting classes. You know, that Tony Rice, who won the national championship for him, was coming here. Yeah. And uh, Lou was a creative recruiter too. Yeah, they, uh, well, it they, takes some creativeness to be yes, successful. Yeah, well, Vinny Serrato, yeah, was his guy here, just like he was at Notre Dame, and yep. Vinny could, Vinny can sell uh, what uh, ice to the Eskimos, as they say. <laughs> did you know when when they went to Goody? Did you know that was a mistake pretty quickly, or was that? I mean, I, I remember being a kid. I was a teenager at the time, and I remember he won the bowl game, and so the thought process among the fan base was, "Hey, let's g- give this guy a chance." I don't know if. I was yet certain of what I'm certain now of, and I think Goody became me certain, made me certain, don't ever let the kids name the coach. Don't ever let the players. Sure. They let, the, you know, there was people in town working hard in Goody's behalf, but it was the players that Charlie Hallman from the St. Paul paper was quoting, I'm going to leave if they don't give Goody the job. And, right. And it was, it became, exam- you know, Goody was, he was okay until the end, but uh, and for four years. But you you knew that it wasn't a, it wasn't the personality that that program needed. To, well, right, because he was much more, I mean, Holtz came, had, had the charisma going for him. Yeah, I don't remember. Goody was a nice guy. John ever Goody being... was selling a nice guy. He was a nice guy. Right. I wouldn't compare him with Clay's because Clay's, I think, is a more dynamic thinker than Goody was. Goody was Goody had to take the job because it was it was a chance, but I'm I'm not sure he was ever self confident. I'm not sure he was ever sure that he was he a big really deserved ten coach. the job necessarily. Well, that he was a Big Ten coach. I think he knew he was a good football coach, but right. was he a Big Ten coach? You can be a coordinator too, a career coordinator, yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, it was. It became, you know, that was it. If, if you listen to the athletes, unless it's LeBron James telling you who to sure. be a coach, but if you listen to the athletes, you're going to make a mistake. 
Give me some of the uh, the best players you've, you've seen in this program. Well, time. Bobby Bell's the greatest gopher of all time. It's not even a debate, and I get very sick of these polls that tell you that it might be somebody else. Bobby Bell was was unbelievable. He was, you know, a 230-pound tackle, but could not be blocked. Mm-hmm. He was Alan Page at Alan Page's best. With the, you know, he was fantastic, and he went to the Chiefs and became a Hall of Fame linebacker. That's how good an athlete he was. He walked on, played some gopher basketball too. He was he was fantastic. He's the best player of all time. Uh, you know they've through, through the years. You know I think that uh, Esslinger winning the Outland Trophy as a lineman from Minnesota sure. and a no star recruit, those kind of guys. But uh, you know back in the fifties, uh, Bob McNamara. The whole Rose Bowl team, you know, Sandy Stevens for what he did mm-hmm. as a quarterback, but he didn't throw the ball at all. He ran it, and Bill Muncy. But they had they had back-to-back Outland Trophy winners, you know, Tom Brown one year, Bobby mm-hmm. Bell the next, mm-hmm. and Carl Eller finished second the next year. They could have had three in a row. So back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. They could have had three straight Outland Trophy winners. It's an oh. interior lineman of the, of the year. That was yeah, the first year that they went to the Rose Bowl, they had Bobby Bell and Tom Brown, and then the second year they had Bobby Bell and uh, Carl Eller. So it was, they, you know, they, it was a fantastic uh, players, and you know, as I've always said, integration killed us. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was. I know it seemed like a good it idea. Yeah, it it seemed good like idea. a good idea when we had. To, when we had to install a James or whatever his name was at, at Old Miss, yeah. but uh, in the didn't long run, the, it didn't help long, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Long run, it didn't hurt to help the Gophers at all. No. Did you think their uh, their move to the dome did that come back to bite them in the butter? Was that just uh, well? I got on the Save Memorial Stadium campaign, but I don't think it. When you look at Memorial Stadium, unless they were going to do something with it, it was a dump. I mean the. It was fine inside, sitting there on the bleachers, and it, it was okay. Right. But the there were no amenities. You know, if you wanted to get a hot dog, it took you in a quarter. If you wanted to go to the bathroom, it took you a week. And it was, I mean, it was. I I don't know. I guess people didn't pee in the thirties. I I don't get it. I don't understand why the uh, why they remarkable. built build facilities like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was. You know, long run, it was. I don't think the Metrodome hurt them that much. I, I really don't. But certainly didn't do them as much good as uh, as they thought. I, the famous Joe Salem quote that I've thrown back at them. Uh, they had media day there in August of of eighty two, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he looked around and said, "This is going to be the Taj Mahal of college football." Big blue seats and the everything. Because yeah. we were, you know, we're a bunch of hillbillies. Oh, we were, yeah. We, we were dazzled. We saw all those blue seats. We'll be dazzled again when we walk in and said, wow. TCF Bank Stadium Boy, opens. they put a lot of hay in this place. <laughs> yeah, oh, we'll be really dazzled by uh, the Taj Maziggy, that's for sure. Probably for good reason. But, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I I don't think it hurt him that much. You know, I, I think it's just that. You know, Holtz only stayed two years. Goody wasn't the right guy. Jim Wacker wasn't the right guy. Mace was fine. But yep. Mace was not. By the time Mason got the job, 
Listen, unless you're going to be Baylor and cheat like hell and take every band that you want, hmm? there's no moving up in college football. You are what you are, aren't you? Wisconsin managed to do it 25 years ago. Right. Barry Alvarez managed to do it. Right, they pulled apart but, from the But how many examples of that are there? Not, you know, you don't. Well, you're right, unless you're You might cheat. pop up for a year or two. I mean, okay, Kansas. Mace, Mace had Kansas pretty good. They were yep. They were ranked real good, but it happened two, three years. In two, three years. Gary but, Barnett got Northwestern I mean, good for a once, couple of years. Once the Gophers were established as completely inept, again, in the early 90s, they were completely inept. Holtz came in. Uh-huh. Goody had a couple of good years. But here's what you, here's. I can use this as the Gophers' status in college football. The the Goody's famous win at Michigan, Ricky Foggy. Yep. Uh, blah blah runs the ball down. They kick the field goal. Nobody knows how it happened. Michigan was what one in the one or two. Yeah. I think there were two. Eighty six, right? Two in the country. Yep. That year, the Gophers lost sixty three to nothing to Oklahoma. So, That's right. you know, they lost sixty three to nothing right. to Oklahoma. Here's here's where the Gophers were. Goody had three road games. I covered them all. Yep. Oklahoma, Colorado, Nebraska. 63-0-56-0-58-0. You know, so that's where we are. Now, we're, we're better than that now, but that's where we are. We're, we're the 53rd best college football program in the country in Division One, Maybe. Right. So how do you get? You know, Division One college football isn't a hell of a lot different than Division Three college football. There's twelve of them, mm-hmm. and everybody else is an imposter, mm-hmm. right? They feel and Oregon pops up, and Baylor cheats like hell, and they right. pop up, but it never changes. We are what we are now. That Harbaugh is at Michigan. Mm-hmm. I could live to be a hundred, and the Gophers will not win a Big Ten title. They might win the Western. They got the best thing ever happened was the Western Conference. But we are—I don't want to say we are what we are, right. but we can be ten percent. We can go nine and three this year. The Gophers can go nine and three this year. So what? They're going to go get their ass kicked in the big. If they the win the game. Big Ten, they they go get or the Big Ten championship. Championship if they, if they get there, the Cit- which would be a big deal, by the way. Losing the Citrus Bowl is the max for that. We've seen the max for this team. I I just think college football is so incredibly un- imbalanced, and everybody says, Judd. Well, in the NFL, if you stink, you get the first pick, right? right? In college football, if you're great, you get the first pick, right? And the second and third. You know, mm-hmm. you get the yeah. – I mean, it's, Alabama, it's, it's the reverse draft. It's the reverse right. draft. The better you are, the better selections you get, right? right. So the Gophers today, God love them. Young, promising young man from Woodbury. I'm sure he's a hard worker uh, when we're taping – the day we're doing this. We beat out – North Dakota, mm-hmm. South Dakota, mm-hmm. and South Dakota State. <laughs> Do you think that Urban Meyer is beating out Bowling Green, 
Miami of Ohio and Eastern Kentucky for anybody? Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is, right? Actually, those schools are one double A, not one A. So Bowling Green and right. Miami. But you, my point, point is, yeah. my point is, yeah. uh, it will be ever thus. We're a, we're second. We're we're fourth tier, trying to get the third tier, and maybe someday second tier. But this dream of ever getting so back. So what you're saying is at 46, I have very little hope of seeing. No, no, no. A success, a real successful season for no, football. I mean, other than no, and, and, and you know we can, you know, the big boy can go nine and three this year, ten and hell, he can go ten and two with this schedule, and then the schedule gets tougher, and you know. The best thing to have to go for football yeah. is Nebraska is no longer a dynasty. Yes. You know, if Nebraska was what Nebraska was. But can Nebraska go back to being who they were? No, God, no. God, no. Never. They're, they're, they can be second tier. Mm-hmm. They can be good, but, but, uh, they're, they're, it's over for them as far as being one of the four or five elite programs in the country. There's just, there's just uh, the South is just too dominant now. I think or getting players, don't you? Yeah, SEC. yeah. I mean, the only thing that would could change that dynamic at all would, would be if you get the right coach in there. I mean, Harbaugh at Michigan's a godsend, sure, because there's very few guys like that. Yeah, uh, you got to tell you got to tell the story about the '86 game that you referenced against Oklahoma. Oh yeah, <laughs> when you and what Doug Grover were down Doug the field. Grove, yeah, well, we, we the were down there. We were down there, and it was 110 degrees, okay. and I'd. Hadn't been down to Oklahoma and uh, before. And the field on Friday went out for the walkthrough practice. And you couldn't see from one sideline to the other. The hump in the middle was so high. If somebody was standing over on the other side, you could just barely see the top of their head. Really? Because they ran that wishbone. So the guy running to the sides was always running downhill. You know, he'd be oh, running wow. downhill. Okay. No, I don't know. And it was turf. And, you know, it was turf. It was 105 degrees, and the turf had to be 120. I got a chance to spend a half hour with Switzer Friday. That Friday I was down there, and greatest interview I ever had because he answered every question completely and didn't have one thought about me being there. Just did. He was thinking about something completely different. But he still answered every question. He was, wow. he, he was, he's always nice. kind of known as a dummy, right? Yeah. But he must have been the greatest compartmentalizer of all time because you could tell he was answering the questions and he was looking out over. And then I asked his PR guy, uh, a guy, no, not a guy who used to be his PR guy, what about it? And he says, yeah, he was thinking about girls. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway. he's answering your questions. Yeah, he answered my questions. So anyway, the Gulfs, you know. Go down there, and they're going to stop the wishbone, and they get beat 63-0, and it's 110, and the, all our big old boys are walking back to the visitor's locker room, and there's a bunch of Oklahoma fans standing outside, and and these big old, our big old linemen, Swede linemen are walking out, and their heads, the steam is coming off their heads, and they got these <laughs> red faces, and they're humiliated, and this 20-year-old blonde says, we sure enjoyed having you, boys. You come back real soon now, won't you? <laughs> and Gro and I are standing next to each other. He was writing for the Star, and I was writing for St. Paul. And I said, you heard that, didn't you? <laughs> and that was a punchline in both our uh, columns the next day. 
But 63-0, man. And then they beat Michigan. Yeah, that's I right. I remember going out to the airport to greet them when they beat Michigan. Yeah. It was a miracle. They got beat 63 to nothing, and they beat Michigan, So, which was good. So, It was weird. But I don't know. It's just, you know, it, it was the game of the fifth. It's, the time has passed, and especially mm-hmm. with the Vikings moving into that thing. Yeah, Vikings well, are going to be yeah. more dominant than ever. TCF Bank Stadium is now a yeah. nice little boutique. Yeah, three years from now, people are going to be saying, well, why don't they have Gophers play? The, the Gophers will be Bank, dr- You're right. I don't know if Sid will live long enough. Well, he probably will. But, Very well. Uh, but uh, well, Sid's got a new challenge now. Johnny Kundla turns 100 January thir- uh, July 3rd. Okay. So he's got to live at least as long as Johnny did, doesn't he? Yeah, so he's, he's got to make 100 He's got now. how long to go, really? Three years. Okay. Uh, he says 100. He says 96. His sister told me. He was a year older than that when I wrote the book. By the way, what a dummy that said. I did this. I'm looking up that 1968 stuff. Huh? I run across this story about Bill Valentine, the umpire, charging Sid and throwing a football block into him because he's mad at him. And he never told me about it when I wrote the book. I asked him about it Sunday night, and he said, ah, he exaggerated. I said, no, you forgot. <laughs> Well, Sid's got to have, listen, listen, there have to be, there could definitely be a second book at some point in time. Yes. You won't write it, I'm the sure, story but there could be a second the book. The stories he forgot. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Stories he forgot to tell me, because it was the worst, as as you well know, the worst attempt to interview anybody in history. At least it was an attempt. Sid is still, uh, he's still dreaming, though. He's still, I think his gopher football passion is, he loved Kill, you know, because Kill kissed Kissed his rear end, but I think it's I think it's waning for him. I think he's more in on Ziggy now than he is. It is it is amazing though what what you're talking about how you go back with people, and you, if you go back to the 50s and 60s, early 60s, the passion for golf football, it's impossible to identify with that now. Yes, oh, I yeah. mean it's you're a person your age. I'm 46. Yeah, it's impossible for me to identify with that. Well, and it's interesting because you guys go you go back the, that the far. The domination of the local sports market, and obviously because of competition by the Vikings, is half of what it was for Gopher. That's what I'm, you know. It's pretty in the fifties. Yeah, it's half of what it was. Number two event was the state basketball. Mm-hmm. Number one event go for every go for the one class state basketball tournament. Yes, but but the. Uh, but the Vikings, as dominant as they are now in the market, were n- not nearly as dominant as the Gophers were in the 50s and early 60s when they went to Rose Bowl. We're still good. All right, sir. All righty, we'll do much. this again. Uh, uh, what a gorgeous summer, huh? we got to get an outdoor studio, man. Yeah, <laughs> I would like that. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Pat.